WKTY 96.7 FM, 580 AM. Welcome back to WKTY Outdoors. I'm Kevin Millard. Thank you for joining me on the program this morning and certainly want to thank my next guest for uh, coming on as well. And we've got plenty to talk about this morning. And that is, uh, and joining me now is, is Tackle Terry Tuma. And Terry, good morning. Welcome to the program. Thanks for coming on this morning. Well, you're sure welcome, Kevin. It's great to always be visiting with you and to all of our listeners. Hey, winter is here. It is. It is. And you know what? Let's let's just kind of jump in. And, and I was talking about this, uh, just kind of mentioned it earlier in the, the show here, too, um, that you know, obviously ice fishing is, is pretty much uh, around the corner here and um, kind of a great way to get in the mood for ice fishing season and certainly a great way to uh, maybe pick up a new few new things for uh, for out on the ice this season is... Uh, is up really in another, what, couple of weeks, a little less than a couple of weeks now, the the St. Paul Ice Fishing Show. Yeah, that's right, Kevin. It starts actually at the uh, St. Paul River Center. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's classified as the world's largest ice fishing show, and it starts Friday, December 2nd, and then goes through Sunday, December 4th. Mm -hmm. And it's a, uh, and and, uh, I can attest that it is, uh, it's an incredible show with, Oh my goodness! So many different, so many different things. Anything and everything that you could ask for in terms of uh, in terms of ice fishing, you'll find at that show. Well, there's no question about it, Kevin. That, yes, that's a good comment. You'll see wheelhouses there. Uh, any you know items, you know rods, reels, lures. You can go on and on. Booking resorts. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, We've been uh, working with Riverbend Resort up on Lake of the Woods. Uh, I don't know, but I assume that they're also going to be there. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's a great opportunity for people just to investigate different locations, see what's going on uh, in specific areas of ice fishing. You know, it's not only just baits and lures and uh, seminars. It's so many other categories that slide right into ice fishing. Yeah, exactly. And. Uh, now you're gonna and and you're gonna be doing some presentations up there as well. Yes, I am. Thank you for asking, Kevin. At two o'clock on Friday, December second, I will be doing what's uh, titled as Panfish One Two Punch. I'll cover both crappies and sunfish, and then back on Saturday at twelve o'clock noon, it'll be walleye knockout patterns. And I'll be able to entertain any kind of questions. Otherwise, after the seminars, I will be in the clam booth. Okay, and that was going to actually be be my follow up question. Are you going to be doing some uh, work with the uh, the clam folks again this year? Yes, very, very much so, Kevin. Yes, and uh, uh, for our listeners that may may not be able to uh, go to the show, or even if you are uh, able to go to the show, just a comment. I'm really excited about. Of course, they've always got the new lures and rods mm-hmm. and so forth, but is a new uh, XT series of flip over fish houses. Uh, it is just amazing what they have done uh, with those houses. It's something that we should, even if you're not looking to buy a house, Kevin, mm-hmm. it's just something to take a look at. They've got a, a door now that you can basically walk in uh, if you so desire. But the headroom is unbelievable, and I am uh, have the XT uh, series, and you got 16 square feet official space versus 10 or 11 feet. Yeah, that's and and it doesn't sound like a lot, but that much extra room really, really makes for a, a much more pleasant experience when uh, when you're out on the ice. That that extra space uh, comes in handy. It really does, you know, especially you know with uh, you know when you have a, a Vexar on the ice and you got your rods there and. Uh, 
other other tackle and so forth. It really makes an awfully big different with a eater and so forth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I know, that, and and from from past experience too, that the uh, the, the the clam booth uh, is one of the larger uh, areas in the in the show. And uh, man, they've got just uh, just all sorts of great great products that uh, that they're talking about there at the the, the show. Besides the uh, the ice houses, you know, clothes and tackle. I mean, just uh, uh, that's that's one of the the nicer booths to uh, to stop by at and, and check things out at during the show. Yeah, it really is, Kevin. You know, just and it's something they ask some specific questions um, mm-hmm. to ask. You can find uh, people there at the show to ask those questions, answer those questions for any angler. Mm-hmm. Yep, and uh, yeah, that's gonna be uh, that's gonna be. I, I know I'm making. Um, Making plans to come up uh, for, I'll probably be up there on Friday if I'm, you know, so I can enjoy the day up there and, and have some fun up there. So that should be a, that should be a good time. I'm looking looking forward to that. And and really, boy, it's <laughs> I hate to say it, it's like less than two weeks away now. So it's uh, it's going to be here quick. Yeah, it really is, and it seems like uh, it appears that every year, right after the ice fishing show, is when ice fishing kits kicks into high gear mm-hmm. exactly and and yeah that show is a, a a great way to kind of get into that mindset of of uh ice fishing and and getting out there and and, and enjoying some really uh some really good winter fishing and and let's hope that uh, uh we get some great opportunities this year and i know one of the things that uh um we kind of wanted to talk a little bit about today was uh was some and and, and i do want to talk about those uh uh, that new bobber stop here that we were were talking about during the break here, but uh, just talk a little bit about um, some early ice fishing here. Uh, any uh, now you're a little bit to the north of us. Any it, there isn't really any ice or anything that that that's usable at this point, is there? That you're seeing? Well, not right in our areas, uh, Kevin. But further north, I'm with these cold temperatures here and coming in. I can really make an estimate that there'll be some of the smaller lakes further north that will be definitely ice fishable. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just amazing. You know, once you get these temperatures uh, down, and then you've got uh, short days, long evenings, and it doesn't and clouds. It doesn't take long for these uh, lakes. Um, the lake we live on doesn't have uh, partially skim ice already. Mm-hmm. So once that develops, it's going to go very, very rapidly, especially, and we don't have a lot of snow cover. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, we've got just kind of a, it's kind of flurrying here a little bit this morning, but, uh, yeah, nothing nothing too major. So, yeah, I'm thinking, and I'm, and I'm sure if I go into, into some of the, you know, more, again, into some of the backwater areas, and I've already seen it, is, is oh. there, there is some skim ice out there, but um, I haven't seen anything here anyway that, that would be safe enough to get out on yet quite yet anyway but we're close yeah, we're very close <laughs> yeah you're right and we always need to heed uh the dnr's uh safety regulations with ice conditions seems like every single year you see somebody that breaks through either walking or with a four-wheeler mm-hmm. yep it's uh, uh, unfor- uh definitely unfortunate that uh um that that happens and, and certainly want to let everybody know if if they are going out. Um, please, please be safe, and please make sure that you've got you know your safety gear with you as well, because uh, that is uh, definitely not something that 
that you really want to experience and and heaven forbid if something does you want to get out of that situation as quickly as you can yeah that's right and you know i broke through uh, i think three times um but never uh, deep enough to uh, really drown or anything kevin mm-hmm. but that shock that cold water is something you cannot describe it just it takes your breath away 100 percent and if that does happen to us, say at shoreline, you go up to your uh, waist or whatever, you need to get out of there and get into your vehicle, uh, take off your boots, your socks, whatever you can, and crank up that heat in that vehicle. And uh, then, generally speaking, you need to really go back to your home or wherever uh, just so you want to avoid that hyperthermia shock. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's uh, it's not something that, that you want to experience and, and definitely need to get taken care of very, 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 very quickly. But yes, anyway. very much so. But fortunately, uh, you know, like I said, we're we're getting very close to uh, actually having safe ice to, to get out on here. And um, now, and, and just to kind of back up a, a little bit here too, let's actually talk a little bit about. Uh, you were telling me about this uh, this bobber system and, and bobber stop system. Um, that's not really a bobber stop, but kind of is. And, and tell me a little bit about that. I'm curious to hear more about that. Yeah, well, I think we all are very familiar with the bobber stop uh, knots, that threaded mm-hmm. knot, Kevin. Yep. And sure, you know, it does work. There's no question about it. But it's a little bit of a hassle. And then sometimes, you know, uh, if you don't trim it correctly, it can come off. Or also it can hang up in one of the rod guys. This uh, bobber, I call it a bobber stop. It's actually called, I don't recall the actual name of it, but it's made by VMC. It's a rubber, uh, sort of a oblong ball, if you will, neoprene, and actually it slides right on your uh, line. It comes in two different sizes, in black and red, and uh, along with that, it's so easy to install. Uh, all, it comes in sort of a loop on a wire, and you just run that line through it and just line that bobber stop right up the line. And the biggest plus, for one, you don't have the hassle. Number two, it goes right into your rod guide. And number three, you can reel it right on your line, right on the spool itself. It works just unbelievably well. Uh, I, I do not use the threaded bobber stops anymore. Uh, this is just, and many times too, Kevin, uh, you don't even have to have that bead uh, to you know secure that stop itself, that uh, rubber um, st- um, stop, if you will, that bobber stop uh, does uh, uh, sort of twofold, if you will. And these are made by VMC. And uh, I would, you know, I don't know how many uh, retailers have it, uh, but I think it's starting to see more and more of them. Uh, but that is something that would definitely, uh, I would recommend whenever using bobbers, Kevin. Yeah, it's uh, that sounds like a great product here, and I'm I'm trying to, <laughs> I'm on the VMC website now, and I'm trying to track down the uh, uh, if I can find it, and I'm not finding it here right at at the moment here, but yeah, it, it, you know, it's I've always had a little difficulty with uh, with those bobber stops and 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 that knot and and just the the hassle with that, but yeah, anything anything that will improve. Um, will improve that condition, uh, definitely will get a, a, a look-see from, from me anyway, and I'm sure a lot of other anglers is, as well. So, uh. Yeah, and it's so easy to slide up and down, too, Kevin, mm-hmm. to adjust accordingly, you know. Mm-hmm. And when you're, you know, uh, a couple of comments, too, when you're using bobbers uh, is, first of all, uh, a bobber is nothing more than a strike in the kinder depth center. So the smallest bobber, we've done a lot of years of testing, is the way to go just to keep that 
lure that bait above uh, or into that strike zone where that fish is at. And that's so important for us. And I think so often, too, and I observe other anglers, they'll use a bobber and they don't even touch that rod. Maybe it's a backup or second hole application or if it's a finesse bite or whatever. But here what, what's happening is that they just put it down and leave a sit in the hole. What we need to do is move that bobber. I take your rod tip. You can run that bobber around the hole. You can jig it and stop you get and stop, something to provide some more action of that bait and lure. And two here, you can use a plain hook, uh, a colored hook, generally speaking is what I'll use with a, a different colored bead, one bead uh, to be sort of a, a providing a, a bulk and flash extra. Does it work all the time? No, but it's definitely a plus factor. And then two, don't uh, you know, use some of the real tiny tungsten and jigs. Uh, this is also, instead of a uh, spit shot, this also works extremely, extremely well. And, and let me ask, actually, just uh, you mentioned the, the tungsten jigs and everything. Uh, just early in the season anyway, and, and I, I did kind of want to talk a little bit about some early ice fishing uh ideas here uh, when it, it it comes do you want to start out what do you like to start out with when you get to this early season are you starting out with those with those small jigs or are you actually kind of upsizing and, and maybe you know using a little bit larger jigs and then as the season progresses you know downsize a little bit if you will well generally speaking good question kevin uh, generally speaking i'll i'll use both uh, it really depends, you know, weather conditions, fishing pressure are all factors. Mm-hmm. But generally speaking, I think too often we have a tendency to go that small, you know, that finesse type of an approach. And But many, many times using a larger uh, approach, um, you know, more jigging, maybe a bigger profile uh, are big, big factors. So basically the best thing for anglers to do is rig up, you know, a couple of rods with more that finesse, Maybe a spring bobber system on one, a bobber system on one, and then rig up a couple of rods with, uh, I'm going to be using some vertical jigging spoons on mm-hmm. the clam speed bomb, uh, tipped with uh, a couple of uh, larvae or waxworm. I'm going to do some experiment that, but we had some great success with that ice fishing lure for summer sunfish. And uh, there should be no reason why it will not work for winter sunfish. Uh, so, therefore, again, it's a lot of experimentation. Too often we get sort of brainwashed into this finesse approach. Mm-hmm. And I think many, many times we got to step up that uh, approach and go to larger, more aggressive ways of catching fish. Well, and I would think, too, that, that being a little bit more aggressive, at least early in the season, you know, the, the, the fish are going to be more, you know, still, I think, to a certain extent anyway, uh, more aggressive and maybe a little bit more uh, in, a, in a positive feeding mode early in the season, you know, they're still kind of making those adjustments from uh, summer and fall into winter here. And, and I would think they would be a little bit more aggressive and more used to seeing those those larger baits and, and large, relatively speaking, larger presentations. Well, yes, and what we also have to understand here, too, and good comment, uh, Kevin, but we have to also understand, too, that we have to uh, attract these fish. Mm-hmm. And many times that just that subtle movement is not enough. And so we have to create some interest. You know, crop is, for instance, our curiosity seekers. Uh, you know, this is something, and same thing with the sunfish. We've got to attract these fish. And many times your larger baits, not so much, you know, aggressive jigging action, but many times your larger profile is going to help us entice that fish. Mm-hmm. Exactly, exactly. And then, uh, and then you can, 
make adjustments on on presentation and uh, and and maybe be a little more, you know do a little bit more finesse fishing to uh, maybe get some of those those fish that maybe aren't quite totally committed to to eating to to maybe just move them in that direction a little bit more. I'm guessing. Yes, and that, that's right. You know, here too, and that's a, another good comment is that you know if you're marking your fish with your vexilar and you're uh, not catching it with one you know one way or another, we must change. It's just amazing how much difference it can make. I know uh, late last season we used a real, uh, even there were quite a few anglers out. We used a lot more aggressive approach to catching these fish instead of finesse. It's just amazing, you know, uh, adjusting your jigging action, uh, meaning more or less, providing a cadence of that jigging action. These are all factors, and when we dwell in on catching a fish, you know, maybe we jigged a, a lot more than we thought we should be jigging or maybe not jigging at all, is duplicate that exact movement, but that is what's going to help us catch more fish. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Now, and, 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 and one thing, I just got kind of an aside here as well, because we talked about this during the, the open water season about having... Um, and, and I can I can see where it's maybe even a little bit more true in the, the winter time as well. Um, going out and and before you even go out on the ice, having that game plan ready and and having all that equipment ready to go, rigged and ready to go uh, before you even head out. I'm, I'm guessing you do that as well uh, during ice fishing season, as you talked about earlier this year during open water season. Well, you're exactly right, and it's something that. We should really, uh, you know, uh, concentrate on. You know, most of us have more than one or two rods. Mm-hmm. You know, rig those rods up according to the species you're going to be pursuing, and have those pre-rigged. I don't know how many times I heard. I just heard the other day again. Well, my hands are so cold. I want to retie. I can't retie. Well, besides that, um, retying uh, with your cold fingers and so forth can be a factor, but also, too, we're wasting a lot of time. And then number three is that we don't know exactly what to tie on next. That is why to have this plan of attack and then have those rods pre-rigged. It's amazing, Kevin, how we can pick up one rod, one rod, one rod, till we find out the lure and the bait that's going to really trigger these fish. Mm-hmm. Yep, and having all that uh, uh, done ahead of time. And like you said, too, talking about, you know, hands and, and you know, in the summertime it's it's – it can be challenging enough, but in the winter time, it's it's you know doubly so with uh, with the cold weather and and you know if you're dipping your hand into the uh, the ice or the snow, I mean it doesn't take very long for your hands to to get numb, so to speak, and and uh, doing something fine tying a <laughs> a piece of of two pound monofilament is is uh, uh, enough of a challenge on a good day, but out on the ice is uh, it's a whole other situation. Yeah, it really, it really is, and that's why I think it's so important for us, Kevin, to you know maybe have a uh, you know different type of uh, baits and lures, but but also too the rods that are, are going to and the line that's going to correspond with those baits and lures for that species we're pursuing. You know, if it's walleyes or if it's crappies or sunfish or jumbo perch, it really doesn't make make any difference. Mm-hmm. We always need to try to pre-plan what lures are going to, you're going to start out with and then make adjustments once you're on the ice. Yep. And, uh, and, and the nice thing is, too, is that, uh, you know, at least to me anyway, to my way of thinking that, you know, the um, ice fishing rods and the, and the gear is, is um, priced pretty reasonably. I mean, you can find some very nice equipment uh, for, uh, you know, fairly good prices. And, you know, so having a number of different rods 
prepped and ready to go out on the ice uh, while you head out on the ice, number one, it's it, you're not packing that much more gear. The nice thing about ice fishing is is you can pack an awful lot of gear into a pretty small bag or, or you know, sled or, or whatever and, and, you know, have quite a bit with you there. But having it all pre-rigged and ready to go is uh, is, is, is really the, uh, the best plan I think you could make. Yeah, it really is. And, you know, especially today with all the rod cases out there and so forth, Kevin, uh, it's something uh, that we really need to, uh, as you said, have, you know, those rods all pre-rigged. But along with that, too, someone asked me, well, do you take all those rods in in the fish house? And I say, no, I'll pick up maybe two or three rods at the most, Mm -hmm. uh, usually three rods, uh, what, what I think is going to work. And I leave the rest in the truck. Kevin. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I don't have to take all these rods inside the fish house to get them tangled up and so forth. And then if uh, if these aren't working or if I broke off, then I just go grab another rod uh, that yeah. is going to uh, help instead of putting all this gear inside the fish house. You know, once you can drive on the ice or if you have a sled, you know, or a four-wheeler or side by it doesn't make mm-hmm. any difference. Yeah. You don't need to Pile all that equipment right into the fish house itself. I've seen anglers uh, uh, pulling or unloading their vehicles or loading up their um, fish house, portable fish houses, and they got so much gear in on that sled or in that fish house. It's unbelievable. You know, thirty pound propane tanks, uh, tip ups, rods and reels, minnow buckets, uh, your propane heater. You can go on and on, and it's it's a chore just to pull it out there or mm-hmm. unload and load it up. Again, just take what you need and don't take any more. Yeah, you can always walk back to the the truck and 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 get something new if if you need it, and you know you got the rest of it stored and out of the way, and you're a little bit more efficient in uh, in what you're doing there. So yeah, and want. one thing I should make a comment on too. I don't know how many times I've seen this, but first dice people get pretty excited about going out. They got most of their equipment all packed up, and you know what they forget the ice skimmer. Ah, uh, yes. <laughs> Exactly. It's uh, yeah. That's that's um, yeah. You always seem to forget one little thing, and I I yeah. totally understand that. And that's pretty major too. Yeah, you're definitely uh, definitely going to need that. Well, and the other thing too, and the, and uh, you know just the uh, uh, you know the equipment to to drill the holes and all that equipment. I mean, that's you know you end up with a lot of stuff uh, in a in a big hurry. But yeah, it's. Yeah. You know, take what you need, and, and you've you've got this stuff nearby, and and you know it's yeah. makes more sense. Well, yeah. Well, the other thing too, I should mention that I'll take a, a, a you know a five gallon pail or three gallon pail, whatever, and I'll take like a cottage cheese container mm-hmm. and or miracle or some sort of a plastic container, yeah. and then I just leave that container in the bucket, but I put water in the bucket. Uh, you know, maybe a fourth uh, fourth full. And what this does, then you just throw your fish in there instead of throwing them on the ice or just letting them freeze inside the bucket. Sure, I know a lot of people pack snow and so forth, mm-hmm. but why do that? If you have water in that bucket, your fish are alive and swimming just great once you get home to clean those fish. Yep. Just a sort of an inside tip, but much, much better than throwing fish on the ice, much better than just putting them in the bucket and no water whatsoever, or if they're freezing, then you got to unthaw them, and then you start to lose that taste of that second thaw. Mm-hmm. Yep, you're right. That's a, that's a, that's a great point. That is a, a, a great point. And, uh, you know, t- I tell you what, Terry, i got to take a quick break, and then um, let me, we'll, we'll come back and then talk a little bit more about some, uh, some early ice fishing here. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about that, but 
Uh, let me take a quick break, and we will be back in just a few moments with more of WKTY Outdoors on WKTY, 96.7 FM, 580 AM. The new WKTY Cares campaign, sponsored by the Kratt Lumber Company of La Crosse and Reinhardt Food Service, is the new way WKTY gives back to our community. Focusing on area programs that support our local kids, athletics, and those in need, WKTY Cares is aiming to make lives better in the Cooley region with targeted donations to local programs whose primary goal is also helping those in need. In November, the WKTY Cares campaign is proud to award River City Youth Hockey as this month's donation recipient. Thanks to Kratt Lumber Company of La Crosse and Reinhardt Food Service. I'm Terry Erickson, your host for Seven River Sports, a podcast that seeks to find the true colors of my guests. One of my favorite UWL Eagle football players, senior Cam Sorensen. The economy is an issue. Cam, are you going to fix it? I think there's going to be a lot of world, world leaders that need to figure that out all together in a coherent plan. You can find Seven River Sports at WKTYsports.com or wherever you download your podcasts. Upgrade your space and maximize storage during the last 11% off in 2022. Designer's Image Closet Solutions are great for hanging clothes and storing accessories in closets or entryways. They offer a variety of stylish products and closet solutions that fit any need, taste, and budget. It's your last chance to get 11% off all Designer's Image Closets now at Menards. Good through November 23rd. Savings are mail-in rebate. Some exclusions apply. See store for details. Save big money at Menards. Midwest Family Entertainment. Of course you want to throw a holiday party because you always have a good time. But planning it, not always a good time. I enjoy planning, though. I'm Brittany Stiles, and I would love to meet with you for a virtual consultation to discuss options to make your party extra fun. We've got DJs and karaoke. Our digital photo booth is super fun. Music bingo, a lot of different options. So let's connect and start planning your party. MidwestFamilyEntertainment.com WKTY 96.7 FM 580 AM. Welcome back to WKTY Outdoors. It's 8.52 and uh, time is flying here with uh, my guest here this morning, Tackle Terry Tuma. And uh, um, <laughs> we get talking, Terry, and it just, uh, that hour seems to fly right by. And that's, <laughs> and that's a good thing. That's a good thing. Yeah, yeah it really is. It, there's plenty to talk about when you're fishing, right? Exactly. And and wanted to talk a little bit here, too, in the, in the remaining minutes of... Uh, you know, just some early ice fishing uh, thoughts and, and uh, ideas that uh, that you wanted to share with the listeners this morning. Well, sure. Well, one I think is really a very, very important factor, Kevin, is that, sure, we always think about, you know, shallow, uh, the shallow bite, the shallow bite, which is, generally speaking, is going to hold some truth in it. But if you have if you don't have any uh, food sources there, you've got to move. And the other thing, too, early ice seems to draw a lot of anglers out, mm-hmm. and noise is a big, big factor in catching these fish. Uh, you know, we always think, well, noise doesn't affect 
deep water fish. Not true. We've done many, many years of uh, experimentation, uh, just watching how these fish react, and it's something that we have to address. And this noise is not just by, you know, uh, by people driving on the ice or augers. It can be just, you know, taking a skimmer and hitting the ice, uh, trying to break the ice loose off the skimmer. It can be even footsteps, Kevin, especially in shallow water, are going to turn these fish off. And generally speaking, what they're going to do is relocate. If you've got, uh, say, you're anticipating a shallow bite, and all of a sudden you go out to this body of water, and there's 20 people fishing this shallow bite, you're probably going to want to move deeper. And what is deeper? Deeper is going to be very dependent on the uh, fish's security, you know, how they feel. Mm -hmm. So that's something we have to address. I think noise is, um, um, and we could throw in weather, but those are two factors that are going to change that fishing attitude. Now, along with that as well, obviously the the fish themselves are going to be sensitive to noise, but what about their... uh uh, like the the bait fish and things like that, does that tend to to migrate as well? Oh yes, definitely. You know when you have you know what we're doing, Kevin. We have this extra noise there. Uh, it really does affect that underwater environment. Sound is a big factor under the ice, much more than open water, and that's where we have to really adjust accordingly. It's just amazing. Even uh, talking to a commercial netter on the river system, he said a footstep. They done some experimentation, and they were seeing buffalo and carp, and they had an angler or one of their employees walk over like in four feet of water, and how those carpet buffalo made a V from his footsteps. Hmm. Uh, so that is something that we need to address. Uh, that's why, you know, if we're going out walleye fishing or crappie fishing, and we're exp- or any species, if we're expecting, an, uh, say, for instance, an evening bite or a morning bite, be out there much earlier, drill those holes, get set up, and let that noise factor settle down before you even start to fish. A big factor in being productive. Interesting. Interesting. And, yeah, I'm sure just the, yeah, and like you said, early ice is just going to be even more so it, it being sensitive. And, I mean, it's it that's the case in, in even things like, you know, trout fishing where you need to be sensitive to, you know, their vision and, and uh, things along those lines. Sound really is kind of uh, along those same lines that uh, you can turn those fish and, and turn them off in a, in a hurry and, and move them and, Get them out of uh, yeah. where you were hoping to go fishing and <laughs> uh, turn a, a not a, what could be a good day into one that's maybe not so good. But yeah, you're like you said, getting out there early is uh, uh, certainly a, a key. And um, like I said, like you said, all that the noise from just walking even can affect the fish. Well, that's right. I generally, at seminars especially, I make a comment that, you know, you're always better off, Kevin, to drill holes where there's some snow. Uh, One, you're diffusing the light. Number two, you're cushioning noise. Mm -hmm. Uh, So that's another factor. And there were some studies done uh, for uh, ice fishing, for walleye fishing. This is by a fish biologist. Clear ice, sunny day, uh, shallower water, uh, and uh, clear water these fish can actually see an angler in 10 feet of water or less, an angler sitting on the ice. I'm sure. I'm sure. That, uh, that, doesn't, that doesn't surprise me in the, in the slightest. But, uh, um, yeah, you put a little snow cover on there, and it makes a it, – it does, it does dampen the thing, uh, dampen sound and, and certainly uh, uh, the light penetration, uh, like, you, like you mentioned, some – some good points to, to keep in mind, especially early in the season, too, when uh, obviously the ice thickness is, is nowhere what it's going to be in, say, you know, 
January or February. That's exactly right. Yeah, it's something, you know, these are just sort of common um, pointers, if you will, to help us increase our success. It's going to really pertain to all species of fish. Mm-hmm. Yep, exactly, exactly. Well, anything else that, uh, that that you wanted to share here? We've just got a, a, a couple of minutes left to go. Anything else that uh, that you think is, is uh, important for for folks to know here before uh, before heading out on the ice, just some early ice fishing tips that uh, that you want to share. Well, what is for sure is you know whenever you go ice fishing, don't just take one or two lures. Take a multiple of lures. Uh, as we talked about pre-rigging your rod, that should also apply to bait. You know, too often we have a tendency just to take, and I ran into this on the ice, where anglers just take waxworms or your library uh, only, uh, one or the other. Take both with you. You can store them. Same thing with, uh, we always dwell on this, uh, walleye fishing with fatheads, fatheads, fatheads. Take some chubs with you. Take some shiners if you possibly can. You don't need to take a lot of them. We had some great success uh, using three-inch suckers. So here again, too, mix it up a little bit. You're not going to invest a lot more money. Uh, We've got all kinds of different products out there to maintain uh, their lively uh, hood throughout a given day and into a, you know, a few more days beyond that. So just invest in those bait. But one bait under most conditions will not catch fish every day all day long. Exactly, exactly. Great, uh, a great tip. Well, Terry, I've got to wrap things up here for today. Thank you very much for coming on the show today. And uh, certainly want to wish uh, you and your family a, a happy Thanksgiving. And uh, I will see you in a, a couple of weeks at the, uh, at the St. Paul Ice Fishing Show. Well, sounds great. Looking forward to that, Kevin, and also to all of our listeners and to yourself, too, and your family. Happy Thanksgiving. Exactly. Well, thank you very much, Jerry, and I'll see you in a couple of weeks. And uh, uh, thank you again, and we'll talk to you soon. Take care. Sounds great. Thank you. Yes, yep. thank you so much. All right. And that's going to do it for the program today. I want to thank you very much. Thank Terry for uh, for being on today and, and uh, sharing his thoughts as always and uh, just some great ideas and some great things to keep in mind here as we approach ice fishing season. And if you do get a chance uh, to head up to that ice fishing show, if uh, if you've never been, boy, it is, uh, it's an incredible time and uh, you will definitely enjoy that and uh, probably spend a few bucks as well. Like I know I will, but... Uh, anyway, you have yourself a tremendous weekend. Uh, get out and enjoy it if you can. Dress warmly if you, you do. Good luck to the deer hunters as well. And I'll see you next Saturday with another edition of WKTY Outdoors. So until then, be safe, be well, and we'll see you next Saturday. Mm-hmm.